Hallelujah. Let's stand, Brother Azzalini. Come. We're glad you're here. Let's give it a with me tonight to the book of Luke chapter 8. We're going to read verses 22 through 25, Luke 8, 22 through 25. And then we'll move over to John chapter 1 and verse 1. just want to say what an honor it's been to be here with you today. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited about what God's already done in this house here today. It's already people leaving here with a fresh testimony of his goodness, of his mercy, of his grace. And I'm so thankful for that. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. If you have it, say amen. amen. <clears throat> now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. There came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water, and they were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a call. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for your hand that's been on this service, Lord, since we arrived here tonight. God, I pray that your hand would continue to be upon us, that your presence would continue to move, that you would have your way in our midst here tonight. Lord, I pray that you would do a mighty work, Lord, that your word would reach, Lord, into the life of everyone that has been hesitant, everyone that has been hindered. God, I pray that tonight there would be a complete response, that there would be a complete surrendering. Lord, and every person under the sound of my voice here tonight, Lord, would heed what the Spirit is saying under the church. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach to you tonight, with the help of the Lord, let us go to the other side. Let us go to the other side. I love this message, but I, I'll admit to you, and my wife knows this, I, I was struggling between a couple of messages that I really wanted to preach tonight because I just feel like there are uh, several of you in, in different situations 
And as I began to seek the Lord, I felt like I just kind of landed here, that this message would touch on both of the things that I think are represented in this room here today. And so I think the Lord is going to minister to us through his word. If you believe that, say amen. amen. When I started to evangelize a couple of years ago, it all started with a call. It started with a call from the Lord. I was 18 years old. I was uh, praying before service in, an, uh, in a classroom upstairs before church. And I was just having some time with the Lord all by myself. And I was praying in the corner of that room. And the Spirit of the Lord was moving in there with me. And, and I felt the Lord speak to me that day. And, and he said, one day you're going to travel the world and preach the gospel. And I, and I opened my eyes. I was weeping. There was a globe right there in front of me and I just it was just one of those special moments that you have with the Lord and I and I felt really for one of the first times that God had spoken to me directly about something about the trajectory and the course of my life he said one day you're going to evangelize and so when that day finally came and I began to answer that call it, it all started with a call it started with a word from the Lord and I remember when I, I first began to preach out, uh, I, I'd been just preaching out a short time, and I got a call from the state of Maine, from a pastor in Maine, and, and he called and invited me to come and preach in Maine in February. Now, I was just starting out, so I was young enough in my ministry to be excited about going to Maine in February. I, I, didn't, I didn't see uh, what, what would lie ahead, but uh, I did ask him to have me back in the summer next time. But, uh, but anyway, I, I was scheduled to fly to Maine in February, and I was very excited. It was my first time ever flying somewhere to preach. And I remember it was the night before, and wouldn't you know it, in February we had a snowstorm in Columbus. Hallelujah. Hard to believe, I know. And, uh, and the snow began to fall, and all of a sudden my phone rang, and you'll never believe who it was. It was the airlines letting me know that my flight had been canceled. And, and, I, was, and I began to worry. I began to fret. And, and, uh, and I called the pastor, and I said, hey, I said, you know, my, my flight's been canceled. And, uh, you know, at, at this point they're, they're telling me that I can't get there until a day after the revival has started. And, uh, and so we just prayed, and I, and I called the airline they said hey you know we found another plane we'll put you on this plane I said okay great and I went to bed and when I woke up in the morning I had a text message from the airline telling me that flight had been canceled and I was like Lord have mercy and uh and so we uh, so I just went to the airport I just went to the airport and I I said I, I need to get to Maine I got to get there and so uh, they found a flight for me. They found a flight going through a different city, put me on that flight, and I, and I got to Philadelphia, and wouldn't you know it, Philadelphia had a snowstorm. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, I, and I was waiting for my flight, and, and they told me there's three planes going out of here tonight going to Maine. And I'm listening to the intercom, and all of a sudden, they cancel one of the flights to Maine. And I'm just like, Jesus, help me. You know, I got to get there. And then it was a few minutes later, and they canceled the other flight that was going to Maine. And then, then I really started to pray. You know, not lay me down to sleep prayers, but I started to pray. And, uh, and uh, so anyway, um, eventually our plane did board, and I did get on that plane, and we took off that icy runway, and we were on our way to Maine. 
And, uh, and I had flown before. This is my first time flying to preach, but I had flown before. And I'd never really experienced, like, real turbulence, you know, just a little shakiness here and there, not, not anything serious. Well, things got serious in a hurry on this flight. And uh, we began to hit some bad weather and some clouds and and the plane began to shake, and, and I'm looking around at all these people dressed in their L.L. Bean coats, and, and they're all really, really afraid, you know, and, and they're headed back to Maine, and, and I just felt this peace come on me. I felt this peace come on me, and I was sitting next to this uh, lady who was older than I was, and, and she was gripping the armrest for dear life. I mean, she was scared. I'm like, you know, gripping that ain't going to help you if this plane goes down. I didn't say that, and, uh, but I just looked at her and I just smiled and she just kind of looked at me like I was crazy you know like how could you be smiling in this situation as the plane is shaking violently but I knew something that she didn't know I knew that the Lord had a work for me to do in Maine and after everything that had happened for me to get on that flight I knew that plane was gonna land at its destination. Things got a little bumpy. Things got a little uncertain at times. Uh, but I had a peace in my spirit that we were going to arrive at our scheduled destination. Amen. The disciples were in a similar situation, if you will, as they were uh, launching out onto this trip to cross the sea. And, 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 you know, launching out is always the fun part, you know, getting, getting that call to come or, or, or launching a new program or when you're casting vision and you're starting something new. I don't know about you, but I'm a starter. Like I'm a starter. I struggle on the finish side. You can ask my wife, you know, I'm like one of those 80% guys, you know, the last 20% sits there for 20 years before I get it done. But, but the first 80%, man, I'm strong. I'm strong out of the gate. And this is where the disciples were. They had launched forth. They're, they're getting ready to make this journey. They, they packed everything that they needed. They prepared for the journey. They did everything that they could uh, to be ready. And, and they launched forth and they're sailing and Jesus goes to sleep and, and it seems like everything is going to be fine. But all of a sudden, a storm breaks out. All of a sudden, things get uncertain in a hurry, and the wind begins to blow, and the waves begin to rise up, and fear begins to grip their heart. A couple of thousand years ago, the church launched out on a mission, a co-mission, really, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And there have been times where things have gotten a little shaky for the church. Things seem to be a little uncertain as they answered the call that God had placed upon them. See, I don't know if you realize it or not, but if you're sitting in this building here today, you are part of a journey. 
You are on a journey to revival. You are on a journey to seek and save that which is lost. You are on a journey to preach the gospel to every creature. When you joined the church, you signed up for a trip, whether you realized it or not, to be a part of the work of God. Amen? Amen. But there are times on this journey where things seem a little uncertain, where things seem to get a little shaky, where, where you start to question whether or not you should ever got on the ship to begin with, whether or not you should ever have launched out or not. And this is where the disciples were. They were out in the middle of the sea where they couldn't see where they came from and they couldn't see where they were going. And, and they felt the peril of their situation swelling in all around them. They thought that they had prepared. They thought that they were ready to make this journey. But all of a sudden, a storm breaks out. Isn't this how life is? We begin on a journey. We launch out on a mission. And, and when we least expect it, when we're out in the deep, when we're halfway where we need to go and we can't see the shore behind us and the shore in front of us, all of a sudden a storm breaks out. Mm. There are many people in this room here tonight that have experienced the waters of baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and somewhere on your journey a storm broke out and you felt the peril of your situation the waves begin to rise up and all of a sudden what seemed to be in place, what seemed to be normal just yesterday, now chaos has erupted in your home and chaos has erupted in your family and you, you were making all the right decisions and you were preparing uh, for the journey and you, you thought that you had everything in order but something that you didn't see, something that you didn't expect uh, began to break out. Uh, and all of a sudden you begin to feel like you were in a perilous uh, situation. Amen. If you feel that way tonight, if you are facing something that feels like it could take you out, like it could be the thing that brings you down, I want to encourage you because you have reached the point of no return. See, they were out in the middle of the sea. They couldn't turn back from where they were. They only had one decision, and that was forward. They only had one decision. I've got to make it to the other side. I've got to finish what I've started. I've got to be faithful in the church. See, when that storm breaks out, the enemy wants you to question why you ever got on the boat to begin with. I'm going to tell you why you got on the boat to begin with. You got on the boat for the same reason I got on the plane, for the same reason they got on the boat that day. Because Jesus said, let us go to the other side. You didn't make this decision on your own. God 
showed up one day and said, I want you to get on the ship because I'm fixing to take you on a journey. We're fixing to go on a ride together. I'm going to show you what revival looks like. I'm going to show you what I'm really like. Let us go to the other side. Mm, hallelujah. Listen, when you've reached the point uh, of no return, uh, it's not time to bail. Uh, it's not time to put on a life jacket uh, and see if you can survive the waves uh, by yourself. Uh, it's time uh, to wake up uh, the word uh, that was given to you uh, when you launched forth uh, to begin. John 1 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God sometimes we forget why we got on the boat Sometimes the decay of time begins to separate us uh, from why we signed up to begin with. Uh, sometimes time uh, begins to eat away uh, at that initial call uh, when God invited you uh, into the family to begin with. Uh, and you're out in a raging storm uh, and you can't remember uh, why you are even here uh, to begin with. Uh, I'm going to tell you uh, why you're here. Uh, you're here uh, because because he called you here you're here because he wants you here it's time to wake up the word that got you here to begin with you need to wake it up and say Jesus I need you again I need you to call me again I need you to remind me again I need you to revive me again let us go to the other side. It happens with churches a lot. They launch that vision, that building program, that initiative, that new program. It's awesome. Everybody's excited. And then you get into the thick of it. Listen, it's easy to pledge sacrificially on Vision Sunday. It's a lot more difficult six months down the road when nobody's cheerleading you on. It's easy to sign up when somebody's hollering about revival. It's a lot harder to commit when you're in the thick of the process. <laughs> Jesus stood up and he rebuked the wind and he rebuked the waves and then he rebuked the disciples and he said where is your faith where is your faith 
know what he was saying? He was saying, don't you realize who you are? Don't you realize that you didn't have to wake me up to get this result? You could have stood up and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke the wind. I rebuke the storm. I take authority over the waves that are trying to capsize my family. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Listen to me, friend of mine. If he said it, it's going to happen. Let us go. Let us go. Let us go. Let us go to the other side. Do you understand that there is no storm that is strong enough to stop the word of God from coming to fulfillment? The disciples didn't get together and say, let's go to the other side. He said, let's go to the other side. He said, let's have revival. He said, signs, wonders, and miracles will follow them that believe. You didn't say it. He said it. Where is your faith? It's time to rebuke the doubt. It's time to rebuke the fear. Let us go. Let us go to the other side. Something happens to us when danger begins to threaten the word. Something happens in our human condition. When storms break out and our loved ones and our friends all of a sudden seem like they're in imminent danger. I'm telling you right now, you hear me dads, you hear me moms, when that storm breaks out in your kids, when that storm breaks out in your family, you rise up and say, as for me and my house, 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 we will serve the Lord. We're going to make... I was reading a story by Brother Benny DeMerchant a couple years ago in one of his books. And he talked about this time. <laughs> hey, when he was getting ready to take this trip on that, on that little float plane that he flew all over the Amazon jungle. And the night before he was going to leave, 
this trip was different than most because most of the time, Brother DeMerchant would fly the river. He'd stay over the water, but he had a, he had a long distance to go, and he knew that if he would fly over land, he'd be able to make it there with less fuel. But he knew the danger of flying over land because you can't f- land a float plane on land. But the night before he was supposed to take off, he had a dream. And in that dream, he saw a piece of that engine fail. And that plane began to crash. So the next morning, he had to make a decision. Was it just bad pizza? Or was it Jesus? He said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take a short trip first and find out if it's pizza or Jesus. And he takes a short trip. Everything seemed to be in order. Everything seemed to be fine. So he decided to go for it. And he's flying over land. And all of a sudden, just like in the dream, an explosion in the engine, a loss of power. He begins to lose altitude. And he had made a mental note. Anytime he would fly over a lake or any small body of water on his trip, how far back it was. And he knew that just a little ways back, he had just flown over an isolated lake in the middle of the jungle. So he turns the plane around as it's losing altitude and he lands, makes an emergency landing in this lake. There was nothing around there, no civilization. All he had was a little radio with a weak battery in his plane. And he knew he had enough supplies on the boat to last him just a couple of days. And he knew just from his flight path and his experience that there was a commercial airliner that would fly over that region occasionally. And so he would keep his radio off And during the time when that plane might be flying by, he'd turn that radio on. And he'd say, mayday, mayday, mayday. A day went by. Two days went by. Supplies were getting low. Sun was hot. Surviving there in that plane. I think it was the third day, if memory serves me right. And that battery almost dead. He said, Jesus... I need to reach somebody from where I am. And he flipped on that radio, and as soon as he flipped on that radio, that commercial airliner began to fly overhead. And he said, mayday, mayday. And somebody came on the radio and heard his cry. And this is what they said. They said, don't worry. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. As I begin to dance over here tonight, the Lord brought that story back to my mind. And he told me to tell somebody in this room tonight, you thought that you were all alone. You thought that nobody knew where you were. You felt like you were in the middle of nowhere where your voice could not be heard. But God wants you to know that help is on the way. Help is on the way. Help. 
is on the way. If you cry out to him, he will hear you. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will heal them. I will hear them, and I will heal their land. you to stand with me. <coughs> Lord sent me here tonight with a word of faith for somebody. You need to know that you are going to make it. You are going to make it. On Monday when you don't feel like it, you're going to make it. On Tuesday when the adversary is there with a fresh lie to discourage you, you're going to make it. On Wednesday when you're debating on in your mind if you can even make it till Sunday, you're going to make it. You're going to make it on Thursday. You're going to make it on Friday. You're going to make it on Saturday because the Lord is with you and his word cannot fail. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will never pass away came tonight to try to reach the person that's been thinking about raising the white flag throwing in the towel and so discouraged stay in the ship with us we're going to make it to the other side. We're going to make it to the other side. One day that trumpet's going to sound. And we're going to make it through together. We're going to walk through that gate together. And I want to see you there. And when I see you, I'm going to say, hey, we made it to the other side. The devil was a liar. We made it. We made it. We made it to the other side. I want to open up these altars here tonight. I'm just going to invite you to come and just respond to what the Holy Ghost has already started long before I got in this pulpit to preach here tonight. The Holy Ghost already released encouragement and a reviving of faith in his people. So I want you to come tonight and begin to respond to that same spirit. Begin to plug back in to what God is doing here tonight. And you can leave here renewed in your faith. You can leave here renewed and revived when with an unwavering faith uh, that no matter what storm breaks out in your life, uh, you are going to make it to the other side. I am the Lord. I'm the Almighty God. I am the one for whom nothing is too hard. And I am the shepherd, I am the door, 
this word. What a powerful, powerful word. Paul preached this sermon to the church at Rome. A lot of people have misunderstood it to be a plan of salvation, but these were people that already had the Holy Ghost. Romans, the 10th chapter. Why don't you turn They'll put it on the screen. <clears throat> verse starting at verse 6. <clears throat> Brother Azzalini said it tonight. 
What started us on this journey is the great commission. Right. Commission. Co-mission. Right. You're not on a mission. You're on a co-mission. Right. Yes. That means there's somebody in the boat. Yes. Co means to join. Cohesion. Two things together. It's his mission. He's on the boat. And we're in the boat with him. His mission is to seek and to save that which is lost. We get to join his mission. The righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Don't say in your heart, well, who could go into heaven and bring Christ down from above? You don't know what I'm going through. I can't bring Christ down. Who's going to go into the deep and pull Christ up again from the dead? I can't do that. What saith it? The word is nigh thee. He was writing to people that had the Holy Ghost. He said, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. Go on. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. What are you talking about? No matter what you're going through, if you'll start talking a word of faith in your mouth, the Lord is able. The Lord is going to be with me. The Lord is there. And in your heart, when your emotions get upset, you'll say, guess what? The same God that raised up the Lord from the grave is the same spirit I have. He'll bring you out of anything. Oh, let's thank him for his word. Thank him for his word. I was buried beneath my shame. Hallelujah. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb.
Jesus, it's all because of Jesus. 